What you're about to hear is actually kind of a different episode of Run Amok with Rex and Chuck. See, what happened was, our producer Nate blessed us with a wonderful gift to some new recording equipment, and as we started testing it, we just entered into a conversation that took the place of the episode we had planned. So it's a little bit different. You're going to hear us just go off and into some interesting conversations that we didn't actually map out beforehand. But I think what you will hear is us at some of our most vulnerable, sharing some of our innermost quiet time thoughts, and also our most curious, exploring some new ideas that we don't often lend much time and attention to. So we hope you enjoy it, even though it is a little bit different, and that you'll continue on with us next time when we get back into some of the regular run amuck with Rex and Chuck fun that you're used to. Uh, why don't you uh, tell me some of these ideas you were thinking about at the gym? Well, they weren't like... They weren't like episode ideas. They were just they were just thoughts. thoughts. I don't know. Like shower thoughts, but gym thoughts? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Except, I don't know, shower thoughts are like, uh, I guess usually more interesting. <laughs> like, think, okay, okay so a shower like, thought is more interesting So like one of you. my shower thoughts, for instance, um, because one of the podcasts I listen to has a lot to do with economics and... One of the recent episodes I listened to, they were talking about this problem uh, that they see mostly playing out in in like universities and institutions uh, called embedded growth obligations or egos, where it's <laughs> it's this idea. I'm already falling asleep. Shut yeah, up! Right. <laughs> it's this idea that the agency, whatever it is, is going to keep growing. And okay, so like. Like Azusa Pacific University, right? Yeah. Has this embedded growth obligation where every year they have to bring in more money than they did the previous year. And every year the university has to get bigger. It has to acquire a new campus or build a new building or start some new program. Sure. Called an embedded growth obligation. Okay. And so like the shower thought was like, okay, does the church have this embedded growth obligation? And, you know, it doesn't have to be our church, but like, do local churches have these embedded growth obligations where they essentially are betting on growth? And if the growth isn't actually genuine, they become pathological, where they're no longer being honest and they are trying to invent or force growth or they will just lie about what growth actually is. Mm. So for instance, if a church merges with another church and they call that growth, right? Mm -hmm. Because now they have more members, Mm -hmm. but nobody knew was actually saved through that. And in fact, they've cannibalized another church. Right. You know, so the overall footprint of the kingdom might actually be smaller in that community now, but they'll call it growth. Sure. Okay. Right. Because there's an embedded growth obligation. And a pastor like a university president is accountable to a board of people that is, in most cases, I'm sure, expecting growth. So there's pressure on them to become pathological instead of honest if they're not experiencing real growth. So does the church have an ego embedded growth obligation problem? And that's a shower thought. That's a gym Uh, thought. That's a gym thought. (laughs) No, a gym thought. and, And you guys might be surprised to hear some of this, but like sometimes, sometimes I'll just get into these episodes and it's not always at the gym, although it happens a lot at the gym where I just start to feel very like, it's not depression, but it's like, what am I doing? No, not 
what am I doing? Because I like being there. So if if nothing else, What's the point? I'm getting utility out of it in the fact that I enjoy being there. Are you but talking about the gym or something else? The gym. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I just start to get this feeling that's like, I will always just be mediocre. And like, I will never actually accomplish anything that's worth noting. We already and then, talked about and this. And then in- that thought starts to grow out from just lifting to like, I will probably never preach a sermon that anybody actually cares about enough to remember. And, <laughs> you know, like. I remember you laying on the floor. Okay. That's Wait, a what? thought. I remember you dressing up as a, a uh, whatever. You a had shepherd? like the robes. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember the things what? you've done. So, yeah. Those thoughts just start to creep in. And then it's like. You didn't see the, either of them? I might not. You know, it, it's almost like full blown nihilism. I think we need probably to the only that thing back. that stops it from giving way to just being full on nihilism is my faith. <laughs> um, and I really have to lean into that idea that like, okay, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I accomplish anything that I consider to be exceptional right? or even that anybody else would consider to be exceptional. What yeah. matters is that at the end, Jesus is going to receive me into his kingdom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and that maybe along the way I might help at least one person. I think so. Also enter that kingdom. But so, you know, I sit there and I dwell on it for a minute, and I just start <laughs> to think like, yeah, I'll never just not be in the middle of the road. We we like, already talked about this on the childhood fears episode. This is all from your father <laughs> and, and your terrible upbringing. Yeah. And the fact that he always said that you would be too stupid when you grew up. Yeah, yeah. This is, this like, is past. I mean, maybe past, he's having like what you, are the aftershocks, or, or right. he's having like the tremors from this event from his past. The so, ripple effect. Now, part so of apparently it, that was not enough therapy. So you need to do some more therapy. I, I guess, but you know, so that's just. And I think it happens at the gym sometimes, right? Because there really are people who are like lifting three times as what much did, as me. What? How and do you I look think, around and I'm just like, who cares? How do you think I feel when I'm at the gym? <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't care if I if I had that mentality, I would be at least I'd be crushed. At yeah. least you can race up a mountainside. Well, that is true. But in I mean, like half the time it but, took me. But still, I mean, I, I look at the, I do, because I, I, I see how, how many people are, are lifting and, and just doing all this, all this incredible, you know, feats of strength that yeah. I could never hope to do for myself. And I just, I don't care. That's not me. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, now, does that make me, what qualifies this, I have a different mental problem. What qualifies this <laughs> as a genuine <laughs> thought and a, a pattern of thought instead of just you know, typical self-loathing is that the more I sat there and I thought about it, I, I started (laughs) to be, to, to realize that yes, I might live out the rest of my life where the only radical thing I am is radically mediocre, (laughs) but at least I will not go into the grave lying about my mediocrity true, and pretending that it's actually exceptional. Oh my gosh. I will not, write a book or make a a film series or whatever, where I am claiming to have found the biblical secrets that will make you a better leader, husband, father, or man. You do realize that you're very young still. Right. Like younger than both of us. And not just young in age, but young in the faith. Right. Well, like you have so much ahead of you and so much time. Yeah. God, to, I hope really to do. lay foundations in <laughs> yeah. yourself yeah. for more yeah. to 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 do more to to reach more like you yeah. 
And it's not, oh. it's not fair to compare yourself to any of the you pastors can't. that you network with oh, that no, have been doing it for 20 plus yeah. years. Well, you shouldn't compare yourself to anybody. Well, that's true. But yeah. I started to find a lot Your of path, joy but... in that conclusion. Oh, that at really? least, at least, interesting. I will not become pathological. Well, yeah, and start to lie. <sighs> I don't know about man. my own mediocrity. That seems like that sounds a lot like giving up to me. <laughs> like, like you're like, you know what? I'm not even going to try to to oh, be no, exceptional. I, I will try. always try. And lately, I you got to believe. Lately, I have <laughs> wondered. Thank you, Disney. Um. If I would benefit from really carving out my specialty as being mostly a like as silly as this is going to sound, but really leaning into the role as like a Bible teacher. Um, And I know there might be some eyebrows raised and people are going to ask the question, well, isn't every pastor a Bible teacher? Well, (laughs) one would hope. But the truth is many are not mm-hmm. many of them are in fact pathological mm-hmm. um possibly giving into some of those embedded growth obligations but we as the believing community as one generation gives way to another we'll probably find ourselves in desperate need of people who really do have the talent to connect concepts across the scriptures and to let scripture illuminate other pieces of scripture, for instance, bringing together Old Testament and New Testament and and really letting the beautiful unity and consistency of the Bible speak for itself well, instead of trying to talk over the Bible. Sure. I know I, yeah. I did some of that this You're past Sunday. You're all over the place this weekend. Yeah. yeah. I got to do some of that this past Sunday. And I think maybe by really leaning into that, I might actually find um, something that I can be exceptional at. There. there you go. All right. That's good. I like it. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing to to grasp, to, yeah. to go for. I mean, I will probably never be, nor do I think I want to be, um, like a Stephen Furtick or... Yeah, no, I don't even know who that is. Judah Smith. <laughs> don't or, know who that is. Well, oh. they, they just have these really, you know, big <laughs> ministries. And it's funny because in the past month or so, I think I have mentioned that Oh, I, I keep seeing these clips of these uh-huh. different sermons. It's almost always Stephen Furtick. Oh. <laughs> and people might ask, well, aren't you just picking on him? If sure. you continue to, you know, look at his stuff and then bash it. And I say, no, I'm not picking on him. It's just that his grift is frequent and ongoing and worthy of the same criticism <laughs> because it doesn't change. Yeah. Um, in fact, someone asked me about, you know, oh, well, aren't there just a lot of pastors who pick on Joel Osteen? And that was yeah. my answer was, no, we don't pick on him. He deserves it's it. It's just that his grift has been going on for years and right. hasn't changed. Right. So we have a lot of the same complaints year after year after year because and he's pulling off the same act. For those of us who are not English majors, grift is... A grift is like a scheme or a scam. Got it. Okay. So a grift would be and it's actually a rather um i don't want to say mean word but a, a grifter a there's no good context right, exactly. there's no good context for a yeah. grifter. it's always somebody who's you know on the street corner with some kind of showy scheme almost right. like the shell game who is there to deceive you Ooh. and take what you have there was, i feel like that's a song waiting to happen i've never heard a song with the grifter grif- like yeah the yeah. grifter well there's the I've drifter heard, i've heard the drifter yeah uh, on a warm heard, summer's like, evening. What's that? Yeah, like there's the gambler. Yeah, this gambler. Hank Hill's favorite song. Okay, sure. Okay, 
Uh, you, maybe you could morph that into wanted, the Wanted, dead or alive, because, you know, he's a cowboy. Yeah, but that's not... Bon Jovi? Yeah. yeah uh, Renegade, I've heard Sticks. a song called uh, Renegade. There's all sorts of stuff. Yeah. You could take but Turn not, the Page, which is about performing. Right, And make sure. it about grifting. Interesting. I'd like yeah. to hear that. I'm, or just write a whole new song about yeah. about grifting. But it's yeah. easier to parody an, exist, an existing song. Yeah, that's true. It, it would be easier. Yeah. But then you got to like... Well, I guess you don't have to. You don't have to pay royalties on a parody, so no, you shouldn't. Let's do it. That's right. That's how Weird Al makes his money. You know, that's true. That's where I wound up. Is that at least I will never be a grifter. I need a slice of Weird Al money. I might die (laughs) mediocre, but I won't die a grifter. (laughs) All right. Okay, so here's another shower thought: that the church should, and I think in past generations it, it was, and now it kind of isn't. But it absolutely should be considered part of the sense-making apparatus of our culture, which is mostly like universities and institutions, right? So by sense-making, these are the institutions and organizations that we rely on to make sense and explain the world to us. The media, at least the most honest parts of it, might be considered part of the sense-making apparatus, definitely the universities, right? Um, And you can see that play out in a lot of different schools. Um, For instance, it's the mathematics department that tells us why a circle is a circle, what the real properties of a circle are. Um, It's the philosophy department that explains to us ethics and draws on these old philosophical schools to tell us about human nature. There's a problem with this, though. What? So much of being a believer has to do with faith. And if you don't have that faith, you're never going to see it as the sense community. That's true, but it is a worldview that comes with a lot of intellectual advantages. Um, So for instance, when we talked about race and riots at the church, we were able to affirm both the idea behind not the movement that calls itself black lives matter, but at least the statement that black lives do indeed matter. We were also able to affirm um, that all lives matter matter on the image on the basis of the image of God. And then when we started talking about Derek Chauvin in the in the Minnesota police there, we were able to say boldly that, yes, it, it should come as no surprise to us that things like this happen because we understand the struggle that everyone goes through between uh, the flesh and I, the spirit and between sin and I think I still disagree. I think that still requires a basic faith in a God because everything you're saying is you're, you're saying it matters to God. That's true. And it matters um, if we were created in the image of a being. Yeah. Now, but I agree if you don't believe that, then none of that makes sense. In fact, it, it would sound to them as the opposite of sense. It would sound like you believe in the spaghetti monster. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's, that's true. And, and the spaghetti monster thing is its own sort of dismissive thing. Um, but at the same time, we have to at least have the right 
to some space in the public square where we can present those ideas and in that way sort of become part of the sense-making apparatus. Like it should be, it should be equally as acceptable that human lives matter because we are created in the image of God and that sin is real and that it's a struggle we're all caught up in. Therefore, we shouldn't necessarily be surprised when things like this happen, um, even though it's unfortunate that when a, you know a police officer fails in their struggle against sin, it often ends in more public and and more magnified tragedy mm-hmm. than when a you know private citizen might. Right. Like that idea should be as welcome in the public square as whatever the explanation for this kind of stuff is that comes out of the philosophy department, because they're probably not reaching conclusions that are any more reliable than ours. <laughs> no, I don't think that they would be. I, and, you I know, think it's it it part of part of this thought came from the fact so some of the other podcasts I'm into uh, feature oftentimes discussions between these like evolutionary biologists and you should hear the way they talk because they sound like they belong to a religious order <laughs> that calls its God evolution uh, or selection because they will say things like evolution has given to us such and such preferences right. or such and such special abilities yeah. or selection selects for this as though it's a conscious choice. And it's not, the barrier of difference is not that thick from someone who were to sit at that table and say, intelligent design has given us this and intelligent design has given us such and such special ability and capacity and so on and so forth. I agree with you. It takes a very similar level of faith to, to follow even science or to follow being just agnostic or to be atheist. Like, it takes the same level of having faith in it, um, especially if you're not a scientist. Yeah. Now, the capacity to which someone allows the church to help them make sense of the world is absolutely going to be connected to the measure of faith that they have mm. in it. You know, so so someone like me or you, for whom Jesus is at the center of virtually everything— you know, our, our whole worldview, our ethical system, mm-hmm. how we think about money, how we think about current events, how we think about the future of our personal lives and of the collective world. Um, obviously, Jesus and the Bible and the church will be a much bigger part of how we make sense of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, even though it might be a lesser part for how others make sense of the world, the ideas that come out of the church that are biblically based, that come from our special and specific ethical system and worldview, should at least be welcome in the conversation. They should, but they're not... Well, okay. Think about how great it must have been to be like one of the forefathers in starting the country as America, because it was very, very uh, rooted in Christianity Unlike, I I don't know if there's other countries that started the same, similarly, but I, I don't know of them. Um, and we have, to this day, a lot of human rights and and just I, ideology. Yeah, even laws. And laws that stem from a 
a people who were significantly Christian, right? Like yeah. the proportion of people. Um, however, that's such a rare occurrence, and as and Christianity as a as a faith is uniquely going to be opposed because of, I believe, because it's the truth, um, because there is evil in the world that wants to see it fail. And evil just in general is always going to be at odds with God and what God wants, you know? So like what you're talking about is to me is almost an impossible thing. Like the only reason even the United States got to be the way it is, is literally those people left their country. Like they were all, um, as, as a group were told like, Hey, like your, your faith doesn't really belong here. And then they went and literally had to find a whole new piece of land to start over on. And then eventually a country came out of it. But like, I feel like to, to try to get what you're saying or to try to even restart a country under Christianity just seems like it would be such a challenge, like near impossible. Well, and that's one of the criticisms that the world has about this country too, is that we hold on to a lot of that when maybe there's, um, well, there's this, what they consider good reasons not to. Well, yeah. there's this idea that as, as we, progress as a as a species yes. as humanity that we're going to get further and further away from faith right. and and mytho, mythological beings mm-hmm. and that we're going to lean more and more into science and that that's going to be the future is, is science right but like you said it is also the way that people talk about it and the way that people react to it and use it and all that it is very much still of you know a faith because we are beings created to have faith yeah and that's why we can so easily get pulled into something such as science and and treat it almost like a deity. Now, I'm not talking about establishing a new theocracy either. <laughs> no, thank no, goodness for that. Not not a lawmaking no. institution, but just right. a just be, you the church our... being more welcome as one of the sense making institutions sure. in our public conversation. But I think um, we're going to just see us getting pushed further and further to the margins. Yeah, which is probably true. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess ultimately, all I'm trying to say is that we have a valid worldview and ethical system right, that comes do. with a lot of its own advantages. And that if people were more open to the ancient religious tradition that we do come from um as as having something truly wise to say to them as having something to say that might answer some of their questions about human nature or about what is the good life which is really the end game of philosophy Mm -hmm. um and about how ethically they can address some of the questions they might have perhaps it would be of of real help to a lot of people um you know, if they sure. would just embrace it as as one of the sense making institutions in the world, um, I you know Moses should be as welcome in people's <laughs> philosophical thinking as say Plato oh, or yeah. Socrates or Aristotle, you know, yeah. or whoever else. Um, and regarding science and technology, I think it was Einstein himself who, after the A bomb was invented, said something to the effect of, "We now have the destructive power." of the gods, but none of the wisdom to wield it properly. That's accurate. Yeah. Mm. 
very good. I, yeah, I agree that it should be, but I don't think it'll happen. <laughs> no, probably not. But that's why it's a shower thought. Right? Yeah. It, it doesn't really have Optimism, to, pessimism. It doesn't really have to go anywhere. <laughs> your, shower, your shower thoughts are a lot a lot deeper than mine. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mostly like, how come soap rolls down your face and not up? You know, like something stupid. Gravity? <laughs> well, it's, it's Bad in. Bad example? But there's air in it. Shouldn't it float? No. Um, it's in the shower that I listen to a lot of these discussions. Oh, okay. You listen to podcasts in the shower? Yeah. How long of a shower do you take? Not that long. I listened to him in bits and pieces. Oh. You know. Um, 45 minutes later. Yeah, all right, no. I'm done. Your turn, Corey. <laughs> um, you know, for instance, like the embedded growth obligation stuff. Mm. I, was, I think actually re-listening to some episode where that discussion happened because I wanted to make sure I understood it. Yeah. And then that's when I started to try to apply Okay. It. So speaking of going back several minutes, um, Black Lives Matter and such, um, there was a there's a good argument I heard from some people in the Christian community about how they they uh, draw they drew parallels to the parable. I'm sorry for the alliteration to the parable of the lost sheep, and so the idea was okay, you know Jesus goes after the one sheep out of the hundred the flock of hundred that got lost, and obviously correct me if I'm misremembering anything. Um, and the reason you know people asked, well, why? Why does why did that sheep's life matter more than these other 99? And he said, because that sheep was in danger and the rest of them were not. And mm. the parallel there is to the black lives are that sheep that is in danger much more so than the rest of the races in this current day and age and culture. Yeah. Um, and I was, uh, I mean, I was impressed by that. I, I know that it didn't make it into your sermon because it, you know, you had, you you'd already written what you were writing, but um, I thought that was a good way of looking at it. Yeah, well, in our our discussion about it, my sermon about it, uh, really, I wanted it to be just grounded in biblical theology. Right. We didn't include really many statements or voices from the the larger community because right. it was, hey, how do we how do we respond to this yeah. just by doing some theology one on one? Yeah, that's good. So that's why we talked about things like. The image of God and, and justice, and I, I can't remember what else we talked about. And speaking of podcasts, so another one, that, and you're going to hate it. I guarantee you're going to hate it, but you should listen to it anyway. Um, is called Beer Christianity. I've heard it. Yeah. Beer, yeah. as in beer. Beer. Like okay. they drink beer while they're recording, yes. Yeah. Oh. Um, but I, and it's, the reason you will hate it is because they're very progressive, right? They're very liberal Well, that liberal doesn't necessarily Christians. mean I'll hate it. True. Yeah. And that's good. And I respect that. All pastors should be gay women. <laughs> Maybe not that much. Maybe oh, okay. not that progressive. Well, like, so one of the podcasts I listen to is Sam Harris. Okay. Um, I don't know who that is. He's been a long time in, like, the atheist sphere. Mm. He's supposed to be sort of the second coming of, like, Christopher Hitchens and Richard Dawkins and, you know, those really influential atheist All these thinkers. Names. I, yeah. um, Name drop it. And he gets mentioned in so many of the other podcasts I've listened to. I thought, oh, well, he has one. Mm. So maybe I should tune into it and see what is supposed to be so impressive about the way he thinks. Uh And I've yet to figure it out. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Because when he does talk about religious systems, it's 
it's really nothing more impressive than you would find on like Reddit's atheism board. <laughs> um, that's, that's a low bar, which maybe is where he gets a lot of his, his ideas, but he does have some interesting guests yeah. um, at rather fortuitous times. Right. Because my wife is now so interested in the uh, child trafficking and yes. specifically child sex trafficking right. problem. Right. And right at this time, Sam Harris brings on this journalist who spent the last like 10 years of his career oh. writing and exploring that. Oh, wow. And uh, so, yeah, it, it came along at the right time, I guess. But yeah. So, so yeah, you know, I, I listen to voices from all across the spectrum because I don't want to miss out on any good idea or good points, you know, good salient mm-hmm. points they might have. Um, well, admittedly, a lot of the progressive voices I do listen to, I fail to find a lot of good ideas. <laughs> Is that perhaps a bias? Probably, but <laughs> I don't know. I guess I, I keep sitting and waiting to understand why some of these people are considered like intellectual giants. Oh, well, I wouldn't and, say that about the yeah. beer Christianity podcast. I would just yeah. say there are a couple of guys. Well, no, a couple of guys and girl, I guess. Yes, but I, I, I listen pretty... to some really stupid ones, too. Yeah. Like the Babylon Bee podcast. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's real dumb, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, well, I listen to Unexplained, and uh, I really like this other one. Um, the Actually, your dad listens to them, the Stuff oh. You Should Know guys. Oh, yeah. They're pretty interesting. I've never listen to that one yeah it's they literally just pick a topic and they talk about it for okay. 15 to 15 minutes to like an hour and a half depending on oh, the topic wow. so it, yeah it's interesting it'll be like uh the great depression or bubble gum like they literally just pick a thing wow. and talk about it that's cool that's so, interesting very good it's not very in-depth yeah it's literally like they'll pick something and one of them writes an article about it mm-hmm. and then they'll talk about it on their podcast. So they it's based on like somebody doing some kind of research on it or having some prior all, knowledge Basically of it? all like internet research. Or, oh, okay. They do have like a team, like a staff that yeah. like sometimes they'll go out. Um, they're from the group that did How Stuff Works. Oh, yeah, yeah. Familiar okay. with like that show yes. and that website. Yes. Um, so then these guys came off of that and they've been doing it for like 15 years or something. They've been podcasting. Oh, wow. They're one of the first ones and they're probably the, one of the bigger ones. Yeah, I bet. As far as listener base. So they're, uh, and they put out like two, sometimes three a week. Okay. So they're, they're really cranking them out. And it's like their job is like they write and they podcast. Right. For this website. Yeah. Yeah. Once you make it big, you can do that. (laughs) So now, now that I've gotten like our remaining two or three listeners, better things to listen to they're no longer gonna listen to us. <laughs> no yeah. wait come back yeah <laughs> it's uh, all a lie so i feel like we've just done like two bonus episodes probably and it's already like 10 yeah maybe this just is our next episode maybe but we'll what would it we'll be we'll play with it um episode mashup rark Ma- <laughs> rark shower thoughts chapter one ah uh-huh and then, you know, I don't sometime. like the pronunciation of that. Rark. <laughs> well, how would you pronounce it? No, I'm just saying I wouldn't pronounce it. Oh, uh, you just say R-A-R-C, shower yeah. thoughts, chapter one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but that's actually really weird for me because I like acronyms in general that are pronounceable, especially in my job. Well, the problem is, is it's not really pronounceable. Yeah. yeah. Rark. Yes, it is. Rark. 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 Mickey Rark. 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 Yeah. Rark. <laughs> R-Ark. The R is silent. Just call it ARC. Wait, that I feel like that's copyright. No, that's dumb. <laughs> Why would the R be silent? Why what word can you think of where there's an R in the beginning that's silent? I'm sure if I you dived know. into other you languages, yeah, but not English, no. I don't know, man. You got to give me some time. Yeah. 
did you know you that? Google's hard. Did you know my name starts with the letter R? Yeah. <laughs> you knew that? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean my actual first name. Oh, oh. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's silent. silent R though. It's really? silent it's and silent. invisible. Oh, okay. <laughs> by the way. So just look out for that. Yeah. I feel like you guys didn't get my joke. <laughs> Which one? What joke? There was I, a joke. I called Chris an etard because the R is silent. Oh, <laughs> I didn't yeah, that, even that hear went you. Right past. Us. Wow. Well done. Thanks. Good job. Okay, so it's this... no longer the R word. If right. You take but the R mean? out. Well, we trust for many of our listeners, this has been a rather unique experience, but believe me, it was for us as well. We hope you enjoyed <laughs> joining us for some RARC shower thoughts, and uh, we promise not to make a habit out of being so self-indulgent week to week. So go ahead and join us in the next couple of weeks for some of the classical content that you've come to enjoy. I believe next on the docket, we have Fat Rants, which is about some <laughs> of our favorite foods to eat. So be sure to tune in next time so that you can hear me go on for 15 minutes about why Mountain Mike's is the only pizza place you'll ever need. Official sponsor of the show, by the way. For Run Amok with Rex and Chuck, this has been Chuck, and we'll see you next time. Peace. All right, folks, don't forget to follow us, like us, and subscribe. RARCpodcast.com and in all your favorite podcast apps. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RARCpodcast. Thank you, and see you next time. When we started recording, though, did we, right. at the start of that, did we catch that this was shower thoughts? No. Or, or Jim no, to... because we never actually started anything. <laughs> I just sat here talking yeah. about... It's you know what? Pretty much. How no, sad and, like, disappointed with myself I am, and then that just transformed <laughs> into something else. We would have to record an intro. Or what if... Okay, what if we record an intro, but then what if... Or even what if we took the second half and made that the first half, right. and then the first half put it at, at the end of the second half? Yeah, what Could are you talking? Somebody about? want to do that? Well, <laughs> why would we, we do that? I don't <laughs> know can't. which. I don't know where the boundary between the halves is. But well, can you just tell me what? Yeah, we'd have to listen to it. What, what's the advantage to doing? So that? then it would just be more obvious that yes, this is the shower thoughts episode. Okay, I'm gonna tape an intro to this, and we're gonna slap it at the beginning of do all it. the audio we it's have. It's literally do the it. same thing. Do no, it. okay. it's not it's not the same thing because all the audio is in a different order it's fundamentally not the same thing. jesus give me patience <laughs> <laughs> all right go ahead jesus be your me strength first all right first do an outro first do okay <laughs> just to make it even more <laughs> difficult well we gotta do one anyway yeah but still